coming to you live from inside Stephen Strange's aura. Welcome to Infinity Watchers, the Pokedex of Cagliostro's Library. I'm Jared, joined as always by John, and it, it's it's been in it's been a well, left for lack of a better word, strange week. Yeah, it certainly has. It certainly has. Are you saying that we've been absorbed by strange? Yes. Yes. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we we were in a deleted scene, guys. <laughs> so yeah, we're we're here and we're ready to talk about that latest episode of What If, and it was it was certainly uh, an episode, right? Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I almost want to just dive right into the news and then just get get to the episode as quickly as possible because there's so much to cover in this one. Yeah, and it it um, really was a light news week. <laughs> To be honest, I think Marvel planned it because Shang-Chi also comes out this week. So just a mm-hmm. quick programming note, we'll be releasing our review of that film once we uh, see it tomorrow. We're recording this on a Thursday and we're going to check the film out on uh, Friday. So if you're if you haven't seen it yet, um, please check out our preview, which is live now. Yeah, so so definitely check out our, our Shang-Chi uh, series that we'll be we'll be diving into this week. As far as news for the week, like I said, it was very light. <laughs> um, we we got a little bit of news from an interview with one of the producers of What If um, about the second season. So he did kind of hint that one of the films that they're going to be focusing on in season two, at least for an episode or for an arc, um, is going to be Black Widow. So they're really going to dive right into phase four. And to me, it just opens up a lot of possibilities with what they can do. You know, if we if we're looking at phase four as fair game for what if, you know, so soon after we've seen it, I think that's pretty, uh, pretty exciting. Well, I think it's been I, I can't remember if we talked about this or if this was uh, somebody I talked to outside of this podcast. But apparently the rumor is that season one is going to focus mainly on the stories that we've already seen. And then season two is going to focus on. Um, either outside stories or things that haven't really necessarily been introduced to the MCU, but uh-huh. aren't X-Men or Fantastic Four. So this is just kind of their way to kind of get audiences used to what this series is. Yeah, it's it's very exciting. Um, I'm curious to see what directions they could go with films that are so fresh in our mind. You know, that, I, I've heard some rumblings that season two could come out next year and what if could be kind of a a yearly release type thing. But, you know, if we're seeing Shang-Chi now and we get a what if episode about it next year, I think that's really interesting to kind of put a fresh spin on a movie that still is pretty fresh. I'm curious to see how that'll work out for them. So the other bit of news um, is... Oh, just real quick. You think uh, it'll be Late Bell who voices Black Widow then? I would imagine. Yeah, I think she did a really good job in last week's episode. So Mm -hmm. Um, I can say with pretty um, fair certainty that it's not going to be Scarlett Johansson. So right. <laughs> given all the legal troubles. So, uh, but yeah, remains to be seen. So the other bit of news is uh, Charlie Cox was doing an interview this week and denied his involvement in no way home. Um, he said, those aren't his forearms in the trailer. <laughs> so I, we've had I everyone that is in this movie aside from Alfred Molina denied that they're in it. So, I mean, <laughs> from Willem Dafoe. Yeah, Jamie Foxx did confirm it. Willem Dafoe, Andrew it. Garfield, Tobey Maguire, they've all denied it, but there's strong evidence to suggest that they're in that <laughs> film, too. 
Um, and I, I did watch the interview with Charlie Cox and he, he was a little, a little bit, uh, like kind of chuckling about it. And he wasn't asked directly if he was in the film. Oh no. But he just like denied it anyways, even though that wasn't what he was asked. So that made me kind of, uh, speculate that, you know, (laughs) he's kind of going out of his way to deny it. Why is everybody in the SSU so bad at keeping secrets? I don't know. I, I I did it. I did think of a good question about No Way Home, though, that I don't think we really discussed. Actually, it didn't come up during our our, our discussion of the trailer. But like, <laughs> this might be crazy to to su- suggest or imply. But what if nothing in that trailer was real? Everything was a misdirect. So what what would that mean? What would we actually be getting? Still a multiverse of some sort. Still get Doctor Strange and still get like all those or still get some of the elements that are in the trailer, but not in the context in which we're seeing them. Oh, for sure. I, I think a lot of it, you know, they're Marvel has I know this is Sony, but Marvel has edited their trailers in misleading ways in the past. And the one point in this trailer I think that is probably an edit and a misdirect is Doc Ock saying hello to Peter on the bridge, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's Tom Holland. No. I, I think it's Toby. So, um, or even so, what if, what if he's not even on a bridge that yeah. pops up? It's, or, or what if, what if that's not even Octavius that does it there? Uh huh. What if it's like a completely different character? Right. And I mean, one of the m- most notorious. Like, or even, or I'll even suggest this: the train scene with um, with Strange and Peter doesn't even exist. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Like, they just put it in there to to throw people off. Yeah, you it, know that like, that shot does raise a lot of questions because it almost looks like Strange and Peter are fighting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Um, as far as making misleading trailers, the big culprit for Marvel was Infinity War. In that first oh, trailer, definitely. they had the money shot of the trailer of <laughs> Cap, Black Panther, and and Hulk running through like a Wakandan a jungle. Fully rendered CG Hulk. Yeah, that just looks like it's taken straight out of any other film. Um, and then we get <laughs> no appearances of the Hulk in Wakanda at all. None. So I don't know if that you know was intentional. I'm thinking it was intentional, or was it um, you know something that was on the table and i know the russas have talked about there was a a version of the movie that had the hulk busting out of the hulkbuster armor in endgame but it didn't work as well um they they pretty much had the professor hulk transformation happen in wakanda um but they they decided to go a different route so i don't know if there's an alternate cut of the movie that had hulk participating in that scene um but it's it's hard to say or i'll even do you one better and say that this isn't even the plot of No Way Home. And it just goes in a completely different direction. Different directions. Same characters, different reveals, different plot points. I don't know. Could be. All of the <laughs> leaks were fake and planted to yeah. to make people think it was something else. That would be mm-hmm. really cool if it's Mysterio behind everything. And he act- they behind. actually played that over and pulled the, the hood over the audience. Yeah, that'd be, <laughs> that would be wild. That would be unlike anything we've ever seen. I think a lot of people would be so mad about that if that would be the case. <laughs> but just, just some just some food just some food for thought. Yeah, that would probably lead to me leaving the internet for, you know, a couple months. 
just to avoid Forever. the discourse, it would be <laughs> horrifying. Oh my! You think the, it, the it'd last be, Jedi discourse was bad? Yeah, it'd be worse than that. It'd be worse than the Mandarin twist in Iron Man three. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, that that wraps our news segment of the week. So why don't we get <laughs> right of what into? Ifs. Yeah. Why don't we get right into our episode? Um, and this one was titled. What if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? And this, we got we definitely got the answer to what what if <laughs> on that one. You know, this just, was just incredible on every level. I just, love this episode. I this is what I wanted from this series and it did not disappoint. I it, what what's tough to understand with this series is that like each episode has its own distinct style and distinct tone and story and I, I i can i'm starting to understand why that is the case being that this is a multiverse but i felt like the past three weeks as great as the uh, t'challa star lord episode was that was more just fun while like this one had like it, i felt some emotional weight behind this one yeah it had, i it felt like it had states to it yeah it definitely did and i think you know, I don't want to sell the T'Challa episode short because it did have no, its emotional beats. Um, but, you know, this one just included a fully formed arc this, for the this character. This was a short film. Yeah, this it was. a straight up short film. I mean, film. my first reaction when I texted you after watching it was, I can't believe that was only 35 minutes because it, it I know. felt like Doctor Strange 2. <laughs> like, that, like th- that's honestly what it felt like, like. This feels like a preview for what the Multiverse of Madness is going to be. Yeah. In sim in the similar vein, some of the same images, like some of the some of the cuts were very rapid to make it look like look like a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, really weird looking creatures and monsters. Except next time we'll get it in live action from Sam Raimi. So uh, that makes me even more excited for what they can do with this universe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just just starting it off. You know, I, I think this one is probably worth. You know, talking through the plot because there there are a lot of neat things in here. Um, so starting off, it looks like in this universe. Think, go ahead. I think, but before we start into the plot, uh-huh. straight ahead, one thing we need to just kind of address is that to, I think we need to talk about the character of Stephen Strange for a second. Yeah, because I think we need to just. I just rewatched the episode before we started recording this, uh-huh. and. I think we have to accept the fact that this is not our regular sits one sits Stephen Strange at all. Like he's with Christine, he's very loving, he's very he's kind of flirty and fun. Like right in the movie version, like he's a straight up a hole. Like yeah, he's, he's so unlikable. Uh, he's cocky as hell, and nobody wants to be around him. But in this one, like he kind of cares. Yeah, and, and that struck me from the opening of it i was like okay this is kind of a gonna be a little bit of a different take um, yeah it took me it took strange. me into the rewatch to to realize that, that we can't like take the strange that we know and apply the same character arc yeah not That's, exactly i mean he's no, it's had, not one-to-one yeah yeah definitely i mean that ultimately like makes sense for this timeline though and given the rules that were laid out later you yeah. know with the the um what was the point called? Point in the time. absolute point. Okay, with with the absolute point of this universe being Christine, like that was the thing mm-hmm. keeping Strange sane. Whereas in our universe, it wasn't her because he didn't feel those emotions. He was more focused on his work, and 
you know, his mm-hmm. his ability as a surgeon led to his, um, you know, arrogant attitude and everything. So his critical, his absolute point in the timeline that we know in the sacred timeline is his hands getting broken. Mm-hmm. So it's like it, it, no matter what, it seems like in every timeline, whatever is grounding strange to reality and to the life that he wants to live gets yes. taken away from him on that road. <laughs> I just wanted to address that because I did hear in a podcast that it was kind of a slight or a criticism against the episode that because he doesn't lose his hands, he doesn't go to find a cure in the mystic arts. It, it doesn't necessarily work as well as great as the episode was. And they loved it. Uh-huh. That was one criticism they had against it. And I see where they're coming from, but I think you laid it out perfectly that it's what grounds him to this world that ends up causing him to become the Sorcerer Supreme in the end. Right. It's not necessarily his job. It's his ego in a more selfless manner this time. Oh, was Kurt Russell in this too? I didn't see him. Ah, ha, ha. Very <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah, no, I, I, I get you. It definitely um it, it seems like you know he's just destined to lose in that night <laughs> no matter what it is yeah um, and i i do want to sorry I, we'll get to the plot in just a second i do want to mention there was a very valid criticism of this episode though that it does rely on the the fridging trope again quite a bit of killing christine off to further strange's plot mm-hmm. so are you you're aware of what fridging is aren't you yeah, I mean, that's when you, like, kill off a character in service of another's character development, basically. Specifically yeah, typi- women, I'm sure. T- typically, it's a wo- typically, it's a woman. Yep. Uh, other times, it can be another minority character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier has been kind of accused of this and by killing off oh. Battlestar in, in service of John Walker. Mm-hmm. I, I, com- I completely understand that criticism. I'm not going to argue against it. It is a problem that <laughs> this episode kind of just furthers along. Um, but again, to that point of this is what is keeping our version, this version of Stephen Strange grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's not really okay, but that's kind of how they're getting away with it in a way. Yeah, I I definitely get that criticism. That that was something that was brought up during Endgame too, with Natasha sacrificing herself for Clint. Mm-hmm. And oh, definitely you know that. Yeah. I, I remember that. I think it's just something to acknowledge that is in this episode. Yeah, definitely. But anyway, back to the plot. Yeah, so I mean, speaking of the the road where the accident happens, I thought that scene was brutal. And, and you kind of understood where it was going once Christine got in that car, right? Like it was, and with mm-hmm. the title of the episode, it's like, oh, this is not going to end well for for her. Um, no. And, you know, just to to take that and to have strange sit with it for a while and for years i mean he goes through everything we've seen him go through like dormammu um up to what it looks like just right at the start of infinity war i would imagine Mm -hmm. we see him go through that we've even another cut of the i've come to bargain scene with dormammu and everything so right that was cool um and wong knows that strange has been struggling with the loss of um christine Right. And it you get the sense that Wong has is just has put up with so much shit from Strange <laughs> for lack of a better word, like over should the we just, over the years. We just dive into Wong right now. 
Yeah, let, let's just <laughs> let's just do our. I mean, we're going to be talking a lot about Wong over the next six months. He's appearing in four yeah. MCU properties. Let's uh, let's have the Wong Wong corner of the week. <laughs> <laughs> so right after the episode ended, you and I texted each other like almost immediately and, and said like. Juan has been through so much shit because of <laughs> Stephen Strange. <laughs> like, like at, at a point, we're jumping ahead here, but at, at a point when the world starts evaporating, he starts evaporating and is just like carrying out a conversation like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. like, like, I've been through worse. I, I know how this ends. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Like, he just had no, he had no time for it. He's like turning into black goop and fading up into the ether. And he doesn't even acknowledge it or look afraid. He's just carrying the conversation. <laughs> Like, well, you know, if you go back in time, find this other Stephen Strange and can't stop him, the world's going to end. <laughs> like, just That's so matter good. of factly. And, and with Wong... Oh, here's, a, here's, a, here's a protection spell. You'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. And when Wong um, comes up to Strange, as he knows he's contemplating trying to bring Christine back. He's just like, hey, don't do not do that. But, oh, anyways, I'm going to go put some tea on. Do you want any? <laughs> he walks away. <laughs> it's the same thing we see in the No Way Home trailer. Like, it's so consistent with Wong. He's like, hey, don't cast that spell. All right, I'm going on vacation through the portal. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know damn well he knows when he goes through that portal, Strange is casting that spell. <laughs> <laughs> he knows it. Yeah. Um <laughs> I just find it hilarious that that Juan like really should be the Sorcerer Supreme, and he's been relegated to essentially a babysitter for yeah. Steven. I'm telling you, give me a give me a Wong series, like, please. We need please. something. I need. I want to know more about this guy. I'm hoping we get some more from him in the <laughs> the films he's showing up in over the next six months or so. Because what? Uh, so just just to acknowledge it, what all is he showing up in? He's he's in Shang Chi. So this he's week, at, he's in no Way <laughs> this Home. week alone, he's in What If in Shang Chi. Um, mm-hmm. In a couple months, he'll be in No Way Home, and then in Doctor yep. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. And that yep. you know, the, also assuming that he doesn't show up in Eternals, which is probably unlikely, but <laughs> with Wong, and you never know the span of the this six months. You just don't know. Um, I would say it's a pretty good bet he won't be in like Hawkeye or She-Hulk um, unless he gets into some legal trouble. <laughs> one, of the, uh, one of the defendants. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my Lord. gosh. So, yeah. Um, right after Wong comes up to Strange and offers to put the tea on, this is where we see Strange use the time stone in a way that we have not seen before. Um, and... Basically, he rewinds the entire timeline. Mm-hmm. Like we've we've seen that happen in a localized scale before. You know, we've but seen never, the time stone, like... not an entire timeline. And it took me a little bit to wrap my head around what's happening here. Um, and I've seen a lot of people point out that you know it's pretty inconsistent with the time travel rules we've established in the MCU so far. Right. But I think it's important to note he is not traveling back in this existing timeline, he is rewinding the entire he's, timeline. Right. He's literally shifting himself like back to that point. It's not just, I think it's, I think it's gonna... even less than that. I think it's, I think what we saw in Endgame was them putting themselves back at another point on the timeline. But what right. he is doing is putting the timeline back around him <laughs> uh, that's, or yeah, around that's the time stone. It. So it, it's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, the way I kind of look at it uh, is, when you use the quantum realm and travel back in time, you are 
uh, let, uh, actually, let me start over. When you use the time stone to rewind time in the way that we saw Strange do in this episode, you it, it's kind of like editing a document and clicking save. If you go back through the mm-hmm. quantum realm, you at that point are basically doing a save as. <laughs> like you're creating a copy of that document and you can do whatever you want, but the original document's unchanged. With this one, you're changing right. the document, the one and only document. So um, that's the way I kind of like to look at it. And I think it helps to make make sense of everything because it, it is consistent with how we've seen the time stone used in the past. So so essentially, instead of him casting a spell that creates a time loop, he is physically putting himself in a time loop to go back to that spot. Yes, pretty much. Yeah, right. It's, yeah. it's more of a it's more of like the manual version of of doing this as opposed to the automatic yeah yeah i think that's a good good analogy um which, oh, sorry while you were while you were saying that i was drawing the diagram out of exactly what you were saying <laughs> so i can follow along yeah here. <laughs> gotcha um so which is why this new concept of an absolute point makes a lot of sense like mm-hmm. this timeline is self-correcting to the way that it needs to go and for it to go the way that it needs to go you know, Christine has to die so Strange can become the the Sorcerer Supreme. Right. Because anything else, you know, if he breaks his hands, it's not going to affect him in the same way that it would affect our Strange because of the differences you pointed out earlier. Right. So, you know, we hadn't heard the term absolute point before. I don't think it's something that is going to be a one-off. I think we're going to deal with something like this again in the future at some point. Well, it, it seems like a, a time element an element of uh time logic and rules in this in the mcm now that kind of explains why it it kind of gets rid of the the logic of well if i take a step off the sidewalk at the wrong time then the entire universe like branches off because of that right what i mean Mm -hmm. like certain things have to happen regardless of where the timelines all go correct so Loki, they introduced the idea of variance of you do one small wrong thing and it completely throws off the timeline. Well, now, well, that introduces that the the nitpicking, if you will, of, well, if I'm late to work one day, then the, my the entire timeline is thrown off completely. The sacred timeline doesn't exist then. Well, now that they have an absolute point of, well, no, this always has to happen for these events will always happen regardless of what timeline we're in. They can kind of get around that nitpicking. Yeah. So I think it's kind of, it's kind of like the apocalypses. Yeah. Sort of. Those are always going to happen in every timeline. I don't think that, I don't think that's the case. No, you don't Mm -hmm. think so. I don't think that apocalypses are absolute points. I think they just like nothing you can do inside that apocalypse. Talking about Loki, nothing you could do inside that apocalypse could change the outcome of that apocalypse or the outcome or what those people do after the apocalypse because they all die. So it's like that it's cutting off any branches that could be created. I mean, it, it's it's hard to say because like spoilers for Loki, but <laughs> there is no real sacred timeline. There never really was. They just kind of he remains oh, yeah. as pruning the ones that didn't uh, the timelines that resulted in a version of Kang. Mm -hmm. So, so with this, I think the absolute point is local to 
a given timeline. Like, like no matter what, one of the big outcomes of this timeline that has to happen is strange for whatever reason needs to be the Sorcerer Supreme. Mm-hmm. And the only way in this timeline for strange to become the Sorcerer Supreme is for Christine to die. Right. Which, you know, we see in the following scenes after he goes back, it just no matter what he does, she dies. Like it, it, even if he does nothing, you know, doesn't even go and visit her. She just dies of a heart attack or something, mm-hmm. some medical emergency. So, well, they made they made it through the ceremony and they're dancing at, at like at the gala after, and she just has a heart attack right yeah, there. Exactly. Like there's there's no getting around it. Yep. Exactly. So, um, at this point, he hits his he hits his lowest, and the ancient one comes to him, presumably from the future timeline that it wasn't really clear. This was the, the Marquis part was the ancient ones involvement a little bit. Yeah. Um, I try not to think about that. Too yeah. Much. <laughs> um, well, eventually she just called herself an echo. Yeah. Right. So she, she comes back to him and basically explains this concept of absolute points and that he can't change anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he escapes and goes to visit the library of Cagliostro, which is interesting because this ties back to the first Doctor Strange movie in that the book that Cassilius steals in the film was written by Cagliostro to, to summon Dormammu. So there's our tie there. Um, and once he gets there, he meets the librarian, which is a brand new character and really interesting to see a new character like this pop up. It is worth noting too that every every returning character in this episode was voiced by their respective live action um, actor, right? Which I thought was impressive that they were able. <laughs> granted, it's only it's only four actors, so well five technically because uh, Leslie Bibb is Christine Everhart, the reporter. Oh right, yeah, that was a cool yeah, little Easter egg. Like, that's her, like yeah, it's like her third or fourth or fifth appearance in the MCM now. So this librarian, um, I believe you pronounce his name Obeng. I'm not sure if that's correct or not, but we're going to go with that. He greets Strange and basically introduces him to the to the library and shows him you know, where he can find the information that he needs. And Strange quickly discovers time. Um, and to, to basically be able to bring Christine back, he has to, in some way or another, at this point, he knows he has to interact with these like extra dimensional beings. <laughs> it's not really mm-hmm. clear why this is the case, but I think he just needs power, right? Uh, yeah, it sounds like the it sounds like that was his way of getting power in order to break the absolute point or to reverse the absolute point, right? Um, that it, the eye of Agamotto, the eye of Agamotto wasn't enough on its own and he wasn't powerful enough on his own that he had to literally absorb other creatures mm-hmm. to to do it uh hence the uh, the potadets joke i threw in at the beginning yeah of the... gotta catch them all <laughs> um catch them all. which i thought was such a neat sequence to see like um that the octopus the, the space squid or octopus come yeah. up out of nowhere we did our tie-in to captain carter uh-huh. now yeah and this Makes me wonder if it is going to be some larger being like Shumagorath. Um, I think that's what they're hinting toward. You know, it almost has to be. This is the second appearance where we haven't seen the body of this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we've only seen the tentacles come through. It's shown up twice. Uh, it 
they have to be hinting at something. <laughs> you know. I mean, I mean, we're not to him yet, but Uatu, the Watcher, he um he hints that he can't interfere. I wonder if once he realizes it's Shumagorath that's popping up in all these universes, that he has to do something about it at that point. Could be. Very well could be. And there are rumors we'll get, of the character appearing in Multiverse of Madness, so it would and, it would line up. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get to the Watcher in a minute yeah. here, but I thought it was neat just seeing all of the, all these creatures pop up out of the circle oh. and, and Strange have to, like, absor- and, like, eat the, like, spiritually eat them. Like, the little gnome comes up. And- yes, the gnome. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt bad for him. I know, he started screaming, like, he just... <laughs> And that was that was it was horrifying. It was dark. <laughs> like this, like this, I wouldn't put a kid in front of this. No, this was the darkest episode yet by far, and we just watched the Hulk pop like a balloon in the last episode. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Daddy, what's death? <laughs> but yeah, this uh, this sequence was so cool. Just the visual styles of how he turned into all these creatures briefly before they were fully absorbed. Mm-hmm. It was just twisted. And how he steals the new cloak of levitation off of the bug being that, that comes out through. <laughs> I draw the line at bugs. Yeah. And we just see him get darker and darker and darker. And in this sequence, uh, this is where the watcher says, you know, I could interview and stop him, but this is how it has to go. These things have to happen. And he probably wouldn't listen. Yeah. And Strange hears him. <laughs> yeah. Ruminating on this. And he's like, who's there? And that, at that point, I'm like, oh, my goodness, like he's <laughs> powerful enough to detect the watcher. Um, so we shortly after this, we get the reveal that it took strange, you know, what, 100 years or a few hundred years to do this. Um, and Obang is basically elderly and dying um, and speaks to him of another strange. And that's when we find out that uh, the ancient one split this timeline at the point where strange decides to try to bring Chris christine back with the time stone um and the universe after after that split for for the quote-unquote good strange is starting to just tear apart which is where we get the scene with wong um unfazed <laughs> by it just you know he's dealt with this probably weekly <laughs> since strange <laughs> took over the sanctum so yeah i mean we see good strange get pulled into a portal by evil strange and the uh the rumble begins <laughs> this fight was really visually striking it was uh, beautiful yeah i mean just the monstrosity that is supreme strange <laughs> with his <laughs> like just different animal features that that are coming out at different points um the cloaks start fighting each other <laughs> rest in peace to the cloak yeah the cloak of levitation did not survive and it screamed it didn't it did as he ripped it apart i mean that was horrifying like this i mean that was a cute little like whatever it was everyone i don't know i just kind of assumed it was a magical item but it seems to have have a soul (laughs) can scream strange treated it like a pet yeah pretty much Mm -hmm. and like this is what i was talking about with i kind of want to see some of these get really dark because the what if seer- comic series can get dark. I mean, very. We saw last week the characters, main characters, can die. Yeah, <laughs> nothing is off limits, and we see it here too with with Strange getting absorbed by Supreme Strange. Yeah, that it was so unexpected. And 
You just ex- he's not you just always. Think- he's probably gonna make. He's probably gonna make it through at some point here. No, it he he dies. Yeah, he just gets <laughs> absorbed, and I I was just like floored. I just couldn't believe it because it just felt like the kind of story that was re- heading towards wrapping up with just the neat bow. Like he defeats mm-hmm. Strange. The timeline's okay. You know, he's sad that he can't bring Christine back, but he understands now. But no, they're just like, yeah, the evil one wins and absorbs <laughs> him, and now he's just this huge monstrosity but hey, that was the last thing he needed to be able to save christine mm-hmm. um and it was so cool the way that they did it with the car pulling out of the water and basically like pulling itself apart and she's just kind of hovering there in the middle i thought that was a really really beautiful scene um contrasted by what strange looks like now just an amalgamation of all these animals that mm-hmm. he and the creatures that he absorbed and he just looks terrifying and christine's horrified and like can you imagine you just got brought back from like the brink of death and (laughs) from death huge monsters yeah huge monsters just staring you down and talking like your boyfriend it's like (laughs) of course she's gonna revile (laughs) i mean that's that's when we start to see the rest of the universe or the rest of the world start to like evaporate and she like her wrist starts evaporating yeah He's saying, "Well, I can fix it. I can fix it. I can, I can do this." And at that point, like, you start to realize that this, this isn't going to end well at all. No. Like, he's going to face the consequences of his actions on this. But to the extent of literally the universe imploding on itself, I didn't yeah. expect it to go that far. No, I didn't either. Just to show that, like, no, these absolute points are absolute. Like, <laughs> if you break them, that's it. Like nothing, nothing stops the black ooze from consuming this reality. And it just closed in on him. And then the biggest surprise to me was as he was closing in on him, he just looks up at the sky and says, you, you can stop this. I've read of you. And he's talking to the watcher. And I was like, whoa, this is, (laughs) this is getting meta. meta. Yeah. (laughs) This is getting very (laughs) meta. If you, if you think about it, if the universe is closing in on itself, then the watcher's going to reveal himself. Mm Mm-hmm. In one way, like it, it's going to be easier. It would be easier to see this like all seeing being once like the world that, you know, gets so much smaller mm-hmm. around you that you can kind of oversee it. Yeah. And like, he, he, I mean, he shows up and goes, you know, I could interfere or he asks the watcher to interfere. And he goes, you know, I can't. You of all people know I can't. Uh huh. Uh, you know what that would do to everything else if I did, if I did something about this. See, the thought crossed my mind. I, I was like, is he about to just absorb the watcher? And like, that's it. Like, I thought he was going to. I thought he was just going to absorb that him. Never, that never crossed my mind. Yeah, that was the first thing I thought of was like, is the Watcher just a big setup that we haven't like, like we've seen all we're going to see of the Watcher and it was just like a misdirect and the rest of the series is like the multiverse heroes teaming up against Strange. <laughs> but no, alas, that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, he says, you know, I could interfere, but no. And this is tipping their hand a little bit too much i think when he's like you know unless there's a multiversal threat wink wink i can't interfere <laughs> aka we're gonna see a multiversal threat at some point and he's going to interfere right, <laughs> right. and i think that's a, that's a good starting point for the for the watcher is we get a we kind of get an inkling of character development for for yeah. him alone of this is this is the start of my character journey of this is my predestined path of I can only watch and record what I'm seeing around me. I cannot interfere at all mm-hmm. with what's going on. 
Yeah, um, I think he's... Like, uh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think he's on to something. Like, he's starting to just get more involved. Like, if you think about it, I don't think we saw him at all in the first episode, aside from, like, the opening credits. The second episode, we see him in the stars above Wakanda. In the third mm-hmm. episode, we see him in just about every, like, landscape, like, wide shot they show. Like, in the desert, above mm-hmm. San Francisco. Like, I think there were a couple other ones. Yeah. And in this one, you know, he's actually talking to the characters. So, I think I think we're starting to just see it escalate to the point where he's going to actually get involved in a more... Um, distinct way and you know we've talked about the potential like guardians of the multiverse team and i think that's what we're what we're gonna see him going to the realities that we've seen so far and pulling the heroes from them and you know i wouldn't be surprised if he pulls this strange from this pocket reality not now i mean we have this strange that saw the error of his ways and he's kind of i mean this is a time bomb out there this is a a nuclear bomb (laughs) A nuclear multiversal bomb just trapped by himself for eternity in this mm-hmm. in this dimension. It's almost like um, he's cut off. Well, at this point, it's almost like he's cut off from the rest of the, the multiverse. Right. And he's just kind of, like you said, in this little pocket that's a ball <laughs> floating out in the middle of eternity. Yeah. I saw, uh, a, uh, so, I saw a theory okay. that this is the beginnings of Do- Dormammu. <laughs> and that's, that's why he's played by Cumberbatch and, and the Doctor Strange <laughs> one. Like, but I highly doubt that's the case. Um, I did. Part of me did wonder, like, is this strange going to be the villain of Multiverse of Madness? Because we don't really have a clear, you know, villain like we had with Caecilius. I mean, you can kind of theorize that it might be Mordo or Wanda. I don't um, I don't I don't think because I don't think they're going to take a gamble of not to say that the audiences that watch Multiverse of Madness aren't going to watch this. But I have a feeling that if they were to put like the origin story of the villain from Multiverse <laughs> of Madness in here and not develop them at all in Multiverse of Madness, yeah. that's going to frustrate a lot of yeah, viewers who, ha- who hadn't watched this. Fair point. <laughs> like, I- I've tested a few people who haven't seen this episode yet and say this is the best one. And they're like, well, maybe I'll get around to it. I haven't been a fan of what I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. So I get it, but... I I don't like the idea of developing characters in this series to be um, to go through like full blown character arts right. for a major like bringing That's in Captain fair. Carter for bringing in Captain Carter for one of the movies. I mean, that's fine because I mean, it's the same origin story as Captain America in a way. Yeah. And I think if you could explain that away, but to give a supreme strange who is like guilt ridden and has like literally destroyed his own universe yeah over the over losing christine i think <laughs> that would rob placing him in a movie just as a bland villain that's um, fair that that would rob him of a lot of uh clout agency and character development mm-hmm. that we would typically get yeah and and i think the most likely place that he shows up again because i don't think we've seen the last with of him or else they would have mm-hmm had him collapse with the rest of his reality. Um, it would have been pretty easy to write that shot, you know, just edit it so that mm-hmm. there's not a dot left at the end of reality. There's a reason right. he's alive. Um, I, I think it probably is within the scope of this series. You know, like we see him as 
either the villain that is going to threaten this Guardians of the Multiverse team or the um, a, a member of it. Like maybe they just Watu needs a heavy hitter and brings him in as a last ditch effort. Um, but I don't know. As the heavy hitter. Yeah, the heavy hitter. I, I, I don't mean, know. Who, I can't imagine I don't know who like, else to take him on. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Unless he like renounce can like renounce himself of these extra dimensional beings, and that's part of his like redemption arc, or I don't know. Maybe. Um, and then he goes back to just being like mostly strange, a little bit weird, mostly strange. <laughs> but I mean, like this this character is one of the few that you can get meta and not be ironic with it, like Deadpool. Yeah, you can get meta, or you can get weird, or you can get. Um, self-referential and self-aware without being overly annoying about it and do it in, cre- in a creative way. I mean, I mean, Strange himself realizes that I'm creating a paradox by bringing Christine back that I don't think most characters would outright say I'm purposely creating a paradox that would ultimately destroy the universe for my own yeah. selfishness. Right. But... I that's what I love about this character and we don't have enough of them like I just I want more content yeah I want more Stephen Strange content Mm -hmm. I want more Wong content well we're getting it (laughs) (laughs) definitely on definitely with Wong lots of Wong to come I'm telling you I still want a sitcom of the two of them in the sanctum it'd be pretty good all right well I don't really have much else to add um I think that pretty much wraps my thoughts was there were there anything else any were there any other points you wanted to bring up or anything? I think I think one thing I, I thought was interesting was that being that this is a different Stephen Strange from what we're used to. It I don't think it's necessarily an accident that we're getting this week of Sean Chi. Because follow follow me here. This might be a bit of a stretch. <laughs> I might be reading way too much into the release schedule, but. The first three episodes of What If, we got Captain Carter, which was the first Avenger redone. We got T'Challa which was, as Star-Lord, which was basically Guardians 1, in a sense, redone to an extent. And then last week, we got the, the murder mystery, which was Phase 1 redone. Those are all stories mm-hmm. that we've known and are familiar with. This one, this is a brand new Marvel story told in a in a completely different way you know absolutely so i find it kind of coincidental that we're getting this at the same exact time that we're getting a brand new character introduced to the mcu or mcm in shawn chi and it's almost as if they're kind of symbolically passing on to these are new stories that we're going to tell with new characters in new directions yeah Taking having new takes on all these characters. Um, again, I might be reading too much into that, but I think I just think it's a a weird timing quirk that, and I might just be connecting too much tissue <laughs> together that might not be there. But I, I, I'm just finding patterns. Yeah, I mean that it it does line up in the similarities between this episode and Shang Chi, at least you know as far as the freshness of the characters go. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, totally agreed with everything you're saying about this being a fresh story. <laughs> I mean, we, I mean, even even um, 
WandaVision, those are characters we knew. Falcon and the Winter Soldier, those are characters we knew. Loki, that introduced new characters that we weren't really aware of. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, we've known Loki since the beginning. Right. You know, so this is, and we've only known Stephen Strange for, uh, 2016 was when the movie came out, so five years at this point. So, like, this is a brand new story being told. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a big reason it felt so fresh compared mm-hmm. to the other things we've seen so far, which leaned more on nostalgia, you know, right. like, like even with the T'Challa episode, which felt the most fresh of the three that came before this. Mm-hmm. Um, even with that, we still had the repeat of the scene on Morag with the, hey, I'm star Lord who, you know, <laughs> right. So, um, and we still had, you know, so many returning characters playing similar roles and some playing different ones, but, um, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Right. This this doesn't rely on nostalgia. And no. it I I constantly think that I I I'm I don't follow the Emmy Awards that well, but I believe there's an animated category where they submit specific episodes. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is going to get a nomination of some sort. Yeah. Um and I, I really feel like you could sit anybody down, anybody down in front of this and say, here's just a short film for you to watch for for 30 minutes and they will understand beginning to end all of it. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. For Granted, sure. The stuff with the watcher at the end might get a little confusing for them, but they at least get the idea that. Yeah, there's still the meta-ness of like, even if you don't understand what the watcher is and what he's doing, it's still like, oh, he's talking to the person that's narrating the show. Like what? Right. That's weird. <laughs> yeah. Right. So this one stands alone and I, I absolutely love it. Yep. I, I hope we get more light to this. Yeah, I I do too, and I think we will. I think we will. All right, well, like I said, join us uh, this week for our previews and review of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and then next week we will be back with um, our Episode 5 reaction and review for What If. So for Jared, I'm John. We'll talk to you next time. 